Bible. Um, you can turn to Luke 2. And we're going to go ahead and do the offering now. So Brandon's going to pass those buckets. If you're a guest, you don't need to feel any pressure to put anything in there other than your Connect card. We'd love to hear from you. Third week of Advent, this, uh, the theme that we've been running with is this idea of the new normal. The idea behind it is Christmas is more than an event uh, that we remember. It's an invitation to a new way of living life, a new way of relating to the Lord, uh, relating to God. The, the first week we talked about the idea of access, and we said the door for us has been thrown open, that anybody can have full access to the Father. Uh, access to God is not reserved just for a special few. Last week we looked at the idea of acceptance, uh, what makes us acceptable to God, what justifies us, and we said it's not our action, it's not our activity, uh, religious or moral, it's trusting in Jesus. It's trusting in what he has done and then continuing to live a life of trust in him. That's what makes us acceptable uh, to the Lord. And this morning we want to look at this idea of joy. Uh, joy is not something I think that uh, probably better experienced than talked about. So I'm just going to give a brief uh, setup and then we're going to move into ministry and worship. This is Luke 2 starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And the first couple of weeks, we've, we've contrasted kind of New Covenant, Old Covenant, or uh, New Testament, Old Testament, in terms of our, uh, this new normal. Today's different. If you read through the Old Testament, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of commands to rejoice, and joy, you'll see the thread of joy throughout, and that's because people in the Old Testament had a relationship with God, and that's really the ground for joy. What I want to contrast this morning is the idea of happiness and joy, and I think it's probably the easiest way to grab on to what biblical joy is. Is. And as Christians, our lives should be marked by joy, even in the midst of tragedy. Many of you have been uh, glued to the TV all weekend. Even in the midst of national tragedy, personal tragedy, our lives should still be marked by joy. And uh, hopefully that will become clear as we share a little bit this morning. So the best definition of joy I've heard, delight in life that runs deeper than pain or pleasure. A delight in life that runs deeper than pain or pleasure. So if you contrast joy and happiness, happiness is almost exclusively based on circumstances. And there's nothing at all uh, wrong with happiness that, at all. It's, it's a gift from God that we can experience that. But happiness is a subset of joy. So if joy is this big circle, happiness is a smaller circle uh, within joy. You can, if you're experiencing happiness, you are experiencing joy. But you can also experience joy without experiencing happiness. In the New Testament, we read things like this, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. In all of our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. Sorrow, I'm sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Consider it pure joy when you face trials. And so you see the idea there that um, suffering, that's um, uh, afflictions or pain, particularly experienced because of your relationship with God, troubles, that's uh, tribulations being pressed, being squeezed, Together, sorrow, you know what that is. Trials, those are tests of your faith or your integrity. And in each of those circumstances that we would say, I don't know anybody who's happy in those circumstances, we're told by James and by Peter and by Paul, 
be joyful. You can rejoice in the midst of those circumstances. So you you see there the difference between happiness and joy. Circumstances that are not going to produce happiness in us. Sorrow is the opposite of happiness. Yet we can still feel joy in the midst of that. I think it's uh, Philippians 4.14, rejoice in the Lord always. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, be joyful always. So there's this idea that as people who are connected to God, we can live a life of joy. We can have a great delight in life that runs deeper than pain or pleasure. What this is not is it's not a command to feel a certain way. Nowhere in the Bible are we commanded to feel. We're commanded to do, we're commanded to obey, but we're not commanded uh, to feel. Emotions are, it's a mix of things and oftentimes they're spontaneous and we're never told we need to feel a particular direction. Also, this is not a command to rejoice in the Lord always or to be joyful always. It's not a command to deny reality. It's not to say that tragedy is not or that pain is not or that difficulties are not or that um, tribulations or trials or sorrows. It's not to say those things are not. It's not to say you can't weep. It's not to say you can't mourn or grieve or cry. It's none of those things. The command to rejoice always or to be joyful always, again, it's this recognition that my, uh, my joy is not based on my circumstances. And so even if I'm weeping, I can still be a person of joy. It, God's not denying reality. He's the, he is a realist of all. He is, uh, he is concerned exclusively with reality. And so he's not asking us to deny that, to diminish pain or suffering at all. He's just saying in the midst of that, if you're connected to me, then you can still be a person of joy. Let me uh, look at this this way. So let me do this. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. Kind of the ground for our joy. The, way, the reason God can say be joyful always is because a Savior has been born, and he is Christ the Lord. That's deeper than the circumstances that we're experiencing. A Savior has been born. God's rescue plan has been initiated. The Old Testament is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of preparation. This first Christmas night is the first night of of execution. This Savior who had been promised is now on the scene. And so for us, we can be people of joy regardless of circumstances because we have a Savior who is active, who is alive. He is Christ the Lord. Christ is Greek for Messiah. Dozens and dozens of Old Testament prophecies spoken over hundreds and hundreds of years predicted the coming of this Messiah. And on this first Christmas night, you move from promise to fulfillment. We can trust. That's one of the reasons we can have joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. And we trust that God actually makes good on his word. So when he says, I will wipe every tear from your eye, even in the midst of mourning, you can say, I'm trusting that he's going to do that. He sent his son, the fulfillment of a promise. I trust that he's going to fulfill the promises he's made. When you look at the onslaught of evil, which is what this situation in Connecticut is. It's just brazen, demonically inspired evil. It's a, it's a punch in the face. It's, it's the enemy's arrogance towards the Lord. You sent a son, I can wipe out 20 of them. That's, that's what he's doing in the midst of good news Great joy surrounding good news of the coming of a son. 
He says, Watch, look what I can do. It's meant to shake us. It's a spiritual thing going on. Whatever, the, whatever they uncover in terms of investing, that's whatever. That's a legal issue. What I'm speaking of is spiritually. What you have is a direct assault on joy, which is ultimately a direct assault on the gospel, which ultimately is a direct assault on God and what he's doing. That's what, that's, that's what this thing is about. And as God's people, we can make a choice to roll over and die or to fight for joy, which is fighting for the gospel, which is fighting for the purposes of God in our community and in our nation. It's not diminishing tragedy to say, I'm going to choose to rejoice. It's a recognition that my joy is not based on the circumstances that surround me. I have a great delight in life, regardless of pain or pleasure, because I'm connected to a God who I can trust, because he promised to send his son, and he did. I have a great delight in life, regardless of pain or pleasure, because I love and serve a God who is rescuing me, and he's rescuing you, and he's rescuing us, and his rescue is secure. It ties back into that whole idea of promise. So it's not, it's not a disrespectful, it's not um, denial to say, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord at all times. I don't rejoice in circumstances at all times. That's not commanded. That's cruel to say rejoice in, in your circumstances all times. I rejoice in the Lord always because my connection with him, it both supersedes and is more foundational to me than anything else. And the same thing is true for you if you have a relationship with him. Let me illustrate this. So this was an idea Kim had. She did this with her fifth graders, which is no, don't take that personally, that I'm using a fifth grade analogy for you. Y'all are all brilliant. So there's a couple of ways of looking at this. Before I'm a Christian, this is my heart. I'm not connected to God. God is the source of joy. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. I think it's Romans 15, 13. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him. That's a great verse. So I'm not trusting in Him at this point. I'm not a Christian. I'm not following Jesus. So I'm not trusting in God. So I'm cut off from the source of joy. I can still absolutely experience happiness for sure. But this deep delight in life that supersedes pain or pleasure, I, I, I'm not connected to the source of that. And so because I want to feel happy, as we all do, I, I start filling my heart with stuff. So this is coffee. And so I, I like coffee, and that's something that makes me happy. And so we fill our heart with things, that, activities, hobbies, um, those types of things that make us happy. I also care, some of us are happy because of the way we look. And so we spend a lot of time on that, and if I'm looking good then I'm feeling great. If I'm not looking good, then my happiness level drops. And a lot of things for me are based on what I see in the morning when I look in the mirror or uh, what's on the scale. Children, for some of us, it's a big deal. We, uh, we put a lot of stock in our families, our spouses, our children. And if things are going well at home, then we're happy. If something gets sideways at home, then it throws us for a loop and we kind of lose that. What else we got in here? This is a tractor. So for some of us, it's work. If things are going well at work, we're happy. We derive most of, a lot of satisfaction from how things are going. If, if, we, uh, if we lose our job, if we don't get a promotion, if we don't get uh, 
if we don't close the deal, if we get reprimanded, those types of things that causes us to um, lose our happiness. For some of us, it's the stuff that we have. Whatever that stuff that money can buy, material things that we want, that fits in there somehow. I didn't put these in in the right order. I think there was an order. Let me start over. I would love if you guys in the back too would sit down. Y'all are making me nervous. We, you don't have to, but it would be off. There's seats all up in here. Y'all raise your hand if you have a seat next to you. I'm afraid y'all are going to leave and it's going to hurt my feelings. So just do it for me. For some of us, it's, what, it's looking for, these are binoculars. We look forward to things and we're, we're future-oriented people and we're happy if things are looking great in terms of the future. And so this is us. And, and when these things are going well, there we go. We're full. And everything's good. And we're happy. If these things start getting sideways, though, our happiness it, it affects us. One of the reasons God said, I don't want you to have any idols, it's not because he's a jerk. It's because nothing else can uh, sustain the weight of our life. And for us, this is all sand. There's nothing negative about any of these things. These are good gifts from God. But they're not meant to carry the weight of your heart. They can't do it. They're temporary. They're fleeting. In some cases, they're fickle. They're beyond our ability to manage and control. And you put your whole weight... They're just not trustworthy. They're not meant... Things... All of this stuff changes over time. All of you are old enough to have experienced change in every single one of these areas. And if that's what you're basing your happiness on, what happens when it changes? You've got to go find something else to make you happy. Or you've got to take some medicine to make you happy. This is, when we become a Christian, this is conversion. This is going to be a mess. So we'll see how this works. God, who says, I'm going to fill you with all joy. Oh, how about that? So he does this. And he fills us up. As much as he can. This is the life for typical Christians. A little more. This is the life for a typical Christian. You become a Christian, you've, you've converted, you're following Jesus, you're putting your trust in Him. And so you experience seasons of joy because the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is living and active within you. One of the things He produces is joy. I was talking to a guy this week and he said, I've had four or five instances that have felt like the first day of spring for him. Not necessarily anything circumstantially, so I just have these little snatches and they're very real. That's joy, that's the pre- that's. God at work, Psalm 1611, and the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And so that's kind of what's going on is, for, for those of you if, you, if you're a Christian, in worship, maybe you connect with God, and you experience His presence, and that brings you joy, or just kind of living your life, you just, again, have these little snatches, these little glimpses, where something's stirring in your heart. But if this is you, what these things are all still in your heart, and they're all still temporary. And so they can all still change. All of this stuff is still subject to the whims of forces that we don't control. And what happens when they get taken out? The water level drops. And that's how many of us live as Christians. The source of joy, the Holy Spirit, lives within us. But rather than fully relying on Him as our source, we have all these other things which are good gifts from, the, from God but are not meant to, to, to be a source of joy for us. 
They're meant to be gifts that we can enjoy, but they're not meant to be foundational. And if we allow them to stay in our hearts, when they change, and they will, when things get sideways, and they will, it causes our level of joy to decrease. This is the goal for us. It's to be full of the Spirit on a regular basis. Paul says, continually be filled with the Spirit. This Spirit, one of whom, the fruit of which is joy, His activity in our life. We stay connected to God who fills us with joy. And I enjoy all of these things external to my heart in some ways. All of these things are good gifts that God wants to, well, except for this. All of these things are good gifts that God wants to give me. And I enjoy them for what they are. But if, the, if something happens, if the economy tanks, if I don't get as big a bonus as I thought, if I, if, it, 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 those things can, are difficult. But it, and they can get taken away, but it doesn't affect the level of joy in my life. If I have a bad day at work, if y'all come up to me afterwards like, dude, that was a complete waste of an hour and a half for me. That hurts my feelings, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect my joy level. Or if my kids go, whatever kids tend to do, they're hitting the teenage years, and for all of that, there are going to be ups and down days. It's okay. It doesn't affect my joy level. You see that. And when things are going well, they just enhance for me. They're good gifts that I can enjoy without being the source of my joy. This is where we want to be. And this is why regardless of what's going on in your life personally, in your family, in your business, in our community, in our nation, we can be people who take great delight in life regardless of pain or pleasure. Because pain or pleasure are out here. And the source of my joy is here. It's, in, it's the Holy Spirit at work within me and He is constant. He is a rock. I can trust Him. He is consistent. He is stable. He never leaves. He never forsakes. This is something that you can base your life on. And this is where we want to get. So this is what we're going to do. Two things. One, uh, we're going to have a a little bit of ministry right now. Bo's going to come up. And I want you thinking through this idea of joy. Think of it like water. Is your tank a little low? And if it is, we want to pray for God to restore your joy. That's a prayer in Psalm 51. Restore the joy of your salvation to me. And it could be that your joy is running. We have an enemy who comes to steal things, and joy is one of the things he steals. And you may say, he's robbed joy from me. I spent too much time watching the news this week, or I had this happen in my life, or I've been believing God for something for a long time, and he's not coming through, and it's been a drain for me. And I would say I'm not, my heart is not topped off when it comes to joy. We want to pray for God to restore that to you this morning. This is Psalm 30. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I give you thanks forevermore. One more time. You turn my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forevermore. If you're in that position where you you need that exchange, you need to go from mourning to joy, you need to go from sackcloth, those were the clothes people wore um, during a time of grief. Again, it's not to say that uh, tears are are inappropriate. This is deeper than all of that. This is my, I'm not taking delight in life regardless of pain or pleasure. That's not what I'm experiencing right now. 
we want to pray for God to um, restore that for you. So this is a confession. We've been, I've been thinking about this idea of joy for several weeks. And last year, if you were here, you may remember we did a banquet in here one Sunday morning. We had tables and we had food, and we can't pull that off anymore. We have too many people. We couldn't fit everybody um, around the tables, and that's what I wanted to do today. And so I was trying to think of what are some other things that we can do that would help people experience joy. And we had all kinds of, we had emailed people and they said, you know, bubbles and so we were going to blow bubbles or whatever we were going to do to experience joy. That was one of them and it's great. But you would have all been sticky when we left. And so we were trying to figure it out. And I really, God convicted me and he said, you don't, you don't think I can do it, huh? Like, in my presence is joy and you need a prop. And so we've got no props. Well, other than this, we got no props in terms of what we're experiencing today. We're just going to trust that God is faithful to, to his character and that if you, are, uh, if, if you feel like you're lacking in joy, that he will fill you this morning. And then we're going to move into worship, and I'll set that up after this ministry song. So if our ministry teams can come forward, that would be wonderful. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to have, again, one song of ministry, and then we'll move into worship. God, I do thank you that in your presence is joy. That's, a distinctly, that's distinctive to you among all the gods that we read about and all of the religions of the world. You're the one who says, in my presence, it's not fear, in my presence is joy. And God, we thank you for that. And so we invite you to come and to fill this place with your presence, with people who are heavy-hearted this morning, for people who for maybe for months, even years, would say, my heart has not been full of joy. I've not taken a delight in life. I'm getting worn down over time. God, would you erupt within their hearts this morning with the, the spirit who is already alive in them. Be active this morning. God, if there's some dams that we've created, we pray that you would break through those, that rivers of life would flow in us. That we would experience your joy in our life. God, and if it's the work of the enemy, if he's stolen from some of the people in this room, God, we pray that you would take back what he has taken from us. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can stand. And again, we'll have ministry teams in the front. Please come forward during this song. You're my poor 
I trust in 
I'll be up here in the front if you, as we kind of move forward. If you want prayer for something, you can come grab me. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna shift and we're gonna close with our, it's a set of worship. You know, we normally do that, but I want to uh, encourage y'all. Uh, throughout the Psalms, we're told to sing loud, to clap, and to shout. I am not a shouter, and I'm really not a clapper, but I am an obedience guy, and that's what God says. And so that's what we're going to do. And so I'm asked like. I don't think any of y'all are quite as emotionally limited as I am. And so I'm going to do it. And so I'm asking y'all, urging y'all as well. And I want you to see this is not self-indulgent at all. In a lot of ways, I think worship can be warfare. And again, we were this whole, some of these things that we're experiencing in our community and in our nation, they're, they're attacks on God the gospel and what he wants to do in our life in terms of joy and so what we have to do is we have to make a choice today again we can roll over and die or we can fight for joy for us and for people we're connected to we talked a few weeks ago about being thermostats versus thermometers and this morning is a chance to be a thermostat it's to say i'm going to choose to rejoice in you always and that means today and biblically one of the ways we rejoice in the lord is through clapping and shouting and singing loudly. And so that's what we're going to do. For some of you, are like, Eesh. but I want, you, I want you to do it. I want you to do it this morning. And uh, we're just going to worship. And again, if, for, for, if you can do this, I want you kind of going back and forth. If you can, if not, don't worry about it. You just engage how you can. But for some of you, this, this, as we worship, some of you will be, um, uh, you'll be stirred emotionally. And you may... You may cry, you may weep. Like, that doesn't mean you're not experiencing joy at all. And so I just want you to be free in that. And I, again, I want you to recognize that as we worship, that can, that can be, inter- that's fighting in some ways. You're fighting against the kingdom of darkness that is pressing in to where we live. When you're making a choice to live in joy, you're fighting 
against that. You're saying there is good news. And I have great joy over this good news that a Savior has been born. And His name is Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank You uh, that as Christians, we can be marked by joy because we live in constant relationship with You. And that, that, that fellowship with You is never, never has to be broken. And so God, we say this morning in faith, we're going to rejoice in all circumstances. We're going to rejoice in You always, regardless of the circumstances. God, I pray uh, that You again would fill this place with Your joy. I pray for those who would say, I have never, ever, ever in my life can I say, I've felt God. I pray that when they walk out the door at 1230, they would say, I have. Not because there's anything great about us, but because everything is great about you and because you desire for us to connect with you. And in your presence is the fullness of joy. And that's where we want to reside this morning. I pray for the kids who are in here with us and that they would experience your joy as well. And God, we want to recognize the role that we play as the body of Christ, God. That there's a, there's a, throughout the Bible, there's this kind of military metaphor. And so this morning, if we're soldiers, then we want to recognize we're soldiers of joy and we want to fight through rejoicing for the coming of your kingdom into this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can stand. Bo will dismiss us when we're done. to die and poured out for all mankind and God's only son perfect and spotless one and he never said but suffered as if he did
I want to share from Second uh, uh, Corinthians uh, 4, 7. It says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay uh, that shows that uh, all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're persecuted, but not in despair. We are uh, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. But uh, to show that all surpassing power comes from God. The word says that uh, we may be crying all night, but joy comes in the morning. It is the morning. Praise the Lord.
deep His love is wide and it covers us His love is fierce, His love is strong It's curious His love is sweet, His love is wild And it's waking hearts to Let's rejoice in that today
love is fierce, your love is strong, it is furious. Your love is sweet, your love is wild, and it's waking hearts to life.
recognizing the uh, you can be a person of joy because you're in a relationship with the one who's overcome everything school shootings greed hurricanes loneliness he's overcome every enemy of joy in your life and he's overcome every enemy of joy in the lives of everyone that you're connected to. So we want to close again with this recognition. It's good news of great joy because a Savior has been born. And His name is Jesus.
destined to die, poured out for all mankind. God's only Son, perfect and spotless one. And He never sinned, but suffered as if He 